I'm preaching from the book of Acts uh, continuously. Actually, one of my titles is a teaching pastor, uh, teaching the, or preaching from the book of Acts. I love the, all the stories in this book. Frankly, teaching is much better for the, this book of Acts because preaching always, I feel like little have anxiety because I have to finish this in short time, but teaching I can use more. So my message today might be a little not finished today. might be uh, you can hear more about it next time. The book of Acts uh, is the story how early church responded uh, God's grace. And the resurrected Christ promised them, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the end of the world. So the book of Acts is continuing how it happened, story by story. First, happenings in Jerusalem, how the word of God is you know, spread it out. Then next story goes to how the story goes to Judea, Samaria, and the end of the world. The end of the world, the first century is actually the end of Rome. Roman Empire is the end of the world. There's nothing beyond this empire. So last chapter of the book of Acts ends in where? When Paul arrived at Rome. And then most people assume the author, who might be we call uh, Luke, had a planning to write the third book, how Paul worked in Rome and then take the gospel to the end of the world because he was planning to go to the Spain. That's the end of the you know, uh, Roman Empire. What I'm preaching here uh, today's story is chapter 6 and 7. Uh, we are still in Jerusalem. We are not in the <laughs> even Judea and Samaria. But it's very interesting how this book describing the gospel, the good news of God is spread it out. It was not because everything really went well there, not like that at all. One of the best examples is a guy named Stephen. I told you how he was uh, chosen uh, as a leader because those 12 disciples, they were like pastors and preachers in Jerusalem church. They were so busy to preach and teach all the time, but there are growing needs of people in their community. Most scholars assume maybe 80-90% of people who went to the Jerusalem church, they were maybe people in need, not rich people at all. But there are also some rich people who are part of this congregation. They shared what they had with all those people. So when they came, they had to distribute some food and what they need. So this 12 disciples, so busy to do both teaching, preaching, and doing their ministry, so they chose uh, staff or other more pastors to work with them to do some missional works of the church. They chose seven people to do it. One of them is Stephen. So we have his story here in chapter 6, how he was great. And uh, um, let me find a couple of... In chapter 6, verse 8, book of Acts said, Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Even Stephen was kind of food pantry minister. But Bible, the book of Acts never talked about how he was great about his doing that. Instead, 
this book, the Bible, is talking about how he was a great preacher. And his sermon in chapter 7, I think I told you before, one of the best sermons in the New Testament. I love this. And if I pick one or two chapters in New Testament to study uh, deeper, that's going to be my uh, you know, chapters. And in this story, if you read his sermon carefully, you can figure it out how also even why people crucified Jesus. Do you remember the, the Palm Sunday? They crowded Hosanna, they welcomed Jesus. And this the same crowd changed week later, and they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Why they were chained? What happened to them? What's going on? If you can read carefully chapter 7, you can find that reason. Actually, based on same, because the same reason, Stephen is stoned, and he was killed in the, after this sermon. The churches I saw so gracious never stoned me after my sermons. Even though Stephen had a great message after this. And even he was in the full of part of Holy Spirit. But he was stoned. That's what the book of Acts is talking about. Let me read this. Uh, it's, that's how he starts his message. The high, the high priest asked Stephen, are these things so? Actually, this, his sermon is not just uh, in worship service setting. It was his defense. He was charged, accused. Now he's standing in front of his enemy of the church, those high priest, high priest religious leaders, and those crowd who shouted, crucify Jesus. They were, st they were sitting and listening to Stephen's defense, and he used it as the way to preach the gospel. This is how he started it. Hey, brothers and sisters, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our ancestor Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, leave your country and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. Then he left the country of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. When people heard this, oh, nothing is wrong with that, right? It's kind of historical fact and religious fact to the Israel. They all heard about that their father Abraham lived in uh, Chaldea, some, not in Israel, not promised land. And he moved and finally reached, came to Jerusalem, uh, the Israel, right? But what is the problem with this? But actually, he's pinpointing the true fact. He's talking here, here once again, God of glory appeared to our ancestor Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. That's the key. Where God appeared? In Mesopotamia. Not in Jerusalem, not in temple. What was the problem of this ancient Israel, the time of Jesus? They believed God only appeared where? Temple, Jerusalem. So that's a holy place. But Stephen is talking now where God appeared when your father Abraham was in his 
original hometown when he was in Mesopotamia. It's true, but they never thought about it before, right? And the next story is very similar. So God had him move from Haran to another, to this land, this country in which you are now living. That means God showed up where once again? Haran. That's another area, not in Israel, right? Then he's talking continuously about some following stories we can read from Genesis. And here in verse 6, And God spoke in this term that his descendants would be resident aliens in a country belonging to others who would enslave them and mistreat them during the 400 years. Um, according to Stephen, yeah, God knew all of these things happened. And God promised to save them from even slavery. In verse 9 and 10, now he's talking about the story of Joseph. Here, the, in verse 9, the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his affliction and enabled him to win favor and to show wisdom when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So where God was with Joseph, when at that time, where was this Joseph? He was in Egypt. God was in Mesopotamia, God was in Haran, and God was in Egypt. Stephen is pinpointing where God was. God was with God's people. Location didn't matter to God at all. I know I talked to you before I have been Holy Land trip. But uh, I'm just using it because the, the word, you knew it uh, in that way. But my guy told me, taught me, don't use the Holy Land because God is everywhere, right? Use it, Bible Land, because that's the where all those Bible stories happened. As I like to call it the Bible Land, but frankly, I don't mind. But think about it, meaning of holiness, Holy Land, when you say it. Is that because God is only over there? No, I believe God is here with us at Platwoods too. So it is our, your holy land. So Stephen's sermon is reminding people, where is your holy land? And what's your understanding of holy temple in Jerusalem? Because one of their accusations for Jesus was, he didn't show Adequate respect to the temple in Jerusalem. But Stephen is talking. So where this holiness came, holiness of temple came from. And after then, he's talking about now the following stories about the story of Moses. And the story of Moses, we can read from the book of Exodus. And from this, Stephen's sermon is a little bit different. I'm going to read it just a little bit about it. Verse 20, at this time, finally around, did you hear, did you hear that God said, you, you're going to be in slavery for how many years? 400 years. Frankly, 4,400, it doesn't mean exactly 4,400. That's a kind of a long enough time 
used as kind of a, um, you know, very often in the Bible, in Old Testament. But anyway, think about it. It was this 400 years. Later in the Bible, the, we can hear the how many years they were in slavery in Egypt. It said 430 years. What's wrong with God's calculation? God said 400 years. Why they had to stay 30 more years there? Some of those, you know, biblical scholars said, because they rejected Moses earlier. So he had to spend another 40 years in the wilderness. When he came back, it happened, but it already takes another 40 years. That made 430 years. Even though Stephen is not explaining in that way, but we can find some kind of how he uh, expresses through Moses' story here. He said, he was, Moses was born, he was beautiful before God. For three months, he was brought up in his father's house, and when he was abandoned, once again, he's, Stephen is saying he was abandoned. Pharaoh's daughter adopted him, brought him up as her own son. As Moses was instructed all the wisdom of Egyptian and was powerful in his words and deeds. And when he was 40 years old, another 40, yeah? And he came into his heart to visit his kinfolk and Israelites. When he saw one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man, avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his kinsfolk would understand that God through him was rescuing them, but they did not understand. Think about the ancient circumstance. A prince killed uh, you know, one of the citizens. That prince might be grounded a little bit, or maybe uh, the king might not be really unhappy with it. But ancient time, people are king's own. I don't think a king gonna kill his one of his you know prince or royal family because that person killed one of citizens. But we interpret it that way. Oh, because he killed an Egyptian and people came to know he uh, ran away. But the way Stephen describing is slightly different. That was sounds like kind of part of his big plan, try to rescue people to betray king of Egypt and take people out even that time. But people said here later, uh, where is it? Verse 27, 28, but the man who was wronging his neighbor pushed Moses aside saying, who made a ruler and a judge over us? These people of Hebrews, they rejected him. That's why Moses According to Stephen's sermon, he left, he ran away from there, and became resident alien in the land of Midian. And these stories continued. He compares Moses with Jesus. He compares the prophets with Jesus. And later in his sermon, he's talking, look at all what your forefathers did to all prophets God sent for you. They were always rejected by your fathers, and you did the same thing to whom? Jesus, not a prophet, 
the Savior God sent to you. That's the, how this story ends. Maybe we can visit that part a little bit later in my next sermon. So hope you have a chance to read the book of Acts once again. You can, this story is amazing, and you can find something you might not find from Old Testament story or some other, even the Gospels. Stephen, especially his sermon, has a very unique perspective, the way to interpret the story of uh, this Bible. So stay tuned, and hopefully you read <laughs> this book of Acts once again. And it can be a great opportunity. You can find out and how God makes the spread of good news over the world, even using our suffering could be a God's tool. And those people who don't know God so used as God's tools too. You can find all those stories from here and how God's grace and God's way of salvation is amazing. That's what this story is about. And these things are following the story of Pentecost, when people experienced part of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know where your life is right now. Some of you got full of joy. I got full of joy yesterday. Yesterday was my birthday, and, and my goodness, and Sunday, my double day, Father's Day, and early birthday party, my family did a great thing to me. I don't know. You might have those kinds of things. Or you are in big suffering and facing a lot of troubles in your life. But through joys and concerns, all those sufferings, all those difficulties, God still can make the gospel spread out. And God is calling you as disciples. Book of, this, uh, Book of Acts never said church grew or church is growing. It says number of disciples increased hope. That's the kind of thing we can experience in this church. Now let's pray. Holy God, we like to follow the way of disciples who also follow Jesus. We like to glorify your name and be the witness of gospel of Jesus Christ. Give us courage, give us wisdom, and we can find out how you open new windows in our life. We can live as your people in the world. In Christ we pray. Amen.